Hi, welcome to episode 12 of Coffee, Cake, and Kegels. So I know I promised you guys an episode with another co-host for online dating, and that is still coming up, but I felt inspired today to just jump on here to talk about financial issues. (laughs) I'm not having any, (laughs) thank God, but I wanted to talk about how we can overcome them and that it's not the end of the world, even though we think when we're in the thick of it, that it is. So I know when I was on the podcast episode with my husband, we talked a little bit briefly about how we had like a lot of financial issues. And I think I've mentioned it in the past, you know, we owned a business, we owned a gym. It was a franchise. And, you know, it put us in a horrible financial position. So with that said, I really wanted to talk about this because I just know a few people at this moment going through financial situations that are undesirable, you know, and, um, it's not easy, especially if you have children and you're in a situation, you know, where money is limited, um, or resources are limited in general. So a little history, So we opened our business. We had a kickboxing gym. I will not say the name for legal purposes. However, um, we were members of that gym and we were gung ho. Like we were, we drank the Kool-Aid, you know, we were like the groupies of the gym. And, you know, I was leaving my teaching career to go into counseling. And my husband was like, Hey, let's open up a business. So despite what some people thought, because there were some people who thought that we came into some money (laughs) um, or something like that to open the business. We did not. We took out four loans, $25,000 a piece from four, excuse me, (coughs) sorry about that guys, from four different banks. So actually, you know, that's kind of so crazy. Like if you think about it, you know, like how desperate are you that you have to go to four different banks and get money? But anyway, um, so we took out these four loans and we opened our business. My husband also depleted his pension at the time. Thank God he could pay himself back. But anywho, he took a lot of money, most of it actually from his pension to support this business. And throughout the years of owning it, he kept pulling from his pension because we came into basically, okay, so here's the deal. If you're going to open a business, you should know about business and renting and all that other stuff. We had no clue. We had no guidance, no clue. Our rent was $5,000 a month, which is a lot. And, you know, the square footage was tremendous the bills were just tremendous. We could not float this business. Um, I remember the first year in business on paper, we made like $200,000 and we were like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And of course what we really made was $30,000. So it just goes to show you that, you know, just because people own businesses, don't think they have a ton of money, you know, or whatever the case is. Um, cause that's not always obviously the truth, the reality. Anywho, we could not afford this business and it affected 
obviously, our home life because we couldn't afford our mortgage either. My husband did keep his job the entire time we owned this business, but I lost a salary leaving teaching. And what I made working in the, you know, what I made that first year in the gym didn't even come close to what I was making as a teacher. So it was still a significant loss of salary. And, you know, we couldn't pay our mortgage, some bills in our home, even it was getting tight. My husband couldn't work as much because he had to be at a second location. He had to be at his business, even though I was there most of the time, but he was there at nights, things like that. We did have a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old, so it wasn't easy. Okay, fast forward. We're going to close the doors of the gym because we financially just can't do it anymore. We were in the rears um, a month, a month and a half, a month's rent plus something other. I think we had like default cam charges, whatever it was. So we were in the rears with that. We could no longer pay those loans back. We just couldn't do it. It was just so much financially. Plus we had a baby. My, when my daughter was born, I mean, there were times we couldn't even put diapers. We couldn't buy diapers or we couldn't buy formula. We couldn't put food on the table. So, you know, it's, you know, like just to put things into perspective and I'm not minimizing anyone's financial struggles, but if you can't buy coffee in the morning when you go to work and you think you have it bad, just rethink that, you know, it could be, things could be a lot more difficult for you than not being able to buy your $3 coffee or $5 coffee if you go to Starbucks. You know, like I said, I'm not minimizing what you're going through, but it just helps put things into perspective. You know what I mean? That not being able to buy a coffee is really not a big deal if all your bills are paid and and everything else is status quo. So we were going to close the doors of the gym and I was devastated because at our gym, we were like a family. And if any of you are listening who were members of our gym, you know, you already know this. We, We had a bond. We weren't just money-hungry gym owners. We weren't about, yeah, join and then don't come. That's what we want. We did not want that. We always reached out to members. We always wanted, you know, the bodies in the gym. We, we love the family feeling. So by the grace of God, someone offered to, to buy our gym. And, you know, we needed a certain amount of money in the sale not at all the amount of loans we took. <laughs> so, but we still needed a certain amount of money in the sale to of course pay off New Jersey state sales tax and to pay off legal fees and accounting fees and things of that nature. So, the first buyer who wanted the gym haggled us down to like nothing. And then by the grace of God, like I said, I was driving down to the gym one day and a man, stranger to me, called me and he's like, I heard your gym's for sale. I'm a member of another gym and I would love to own your gym. Could we have a verbal handshake over the phone that you're not going to go through the deal with these other people and you're going to go through the deal with me? And I said, oh my God, if you were in front of me, I could kiss you. And if I wasn't married, you know, but anyway, so that was handled. So we sold the gym. And, you know, that made me feel really good. 
After the sale of the gym, though, we still had our lives in shambles. Our personal lives were in, in, in complete shambles. You know, I mean, when we had the gym, we still had the same, you know, we couldn't pay our mortgage, the same thing, couldn't put food on the table a lot of times. But we went to the gym, we put a smile on our face. We never let our members know that we were going through some stuff. We just never did. Unless we were, you know, unless we were friendly with them on a, you know, personal level, that's different. But we basically, and don't mind me, like I'm pacing my bedroom floor (laughs) because I'm like, I have to jump on just to talk about this. So you may hear creaking in the background. That's the floor. Um, so I just, you know, we never let in on the issues going on. You know, my husband and I, everyone was like, oh, you guys are such a cute couple. Meanwhile, at home, we barely spoke. And we were so angry at each other and just going through so much shit that we don't want people to know and, you know, putting on a, a good show <laughs> for the sake of, you know, not nothing else hurt, hurting our business, you know? So going through all that. So now we sell the gym, like I said, and that's fine. And now we're like, what do we have to do? Where do we go from here? And we had to meet with bankruptcy attorneys. And I remember sitting in the office of a bankruptcy attorney not the one we wound up going with, but another one. He was so arrogant. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. He was a dick. And I just cried. And, and you know, Jimmy James Jim was like, why are you crying in this, this office? Why? And I was just, because I'm like, I can't believe that we have to claim bankruptcy. I never thought I'd be here in my life. I just didn't. And I know he felt the same way, but of course, you know, men, they're not going to cry and whatever. So we went to another bankruptcy attorney who held us like we were infants. They really were so kind and really motivational. And uh, I know our current president, say what you will or whatever. I mean, I'm not a fan of his either, but there's someone who claimed bankruptcy how many times and he's still standing, right? So that, you know, aside from that, there are so many people who claim bankruptcy. And now after going through it, I could tell you it's not a big deal. I know it feels like it is and it sounds like it is. Six months after claiming bankruptcy, I got approved for a credit card. Okay, yeah, the the minute, you know, the, um, the amount they allowed was like $250, but so what? So what? It was a start to rebuilding my credit. You know, you just, you can't look at life like that and you can't, you really can't judge people. Okay. I'm just saying that because I remember sitting with someone who I considered a friend and that person saying to me, I can't believe that you could claim bankruptcy and like not pay your mortgage for years and then just buy a new home two years later. Everyone should do that. So, you know, I would be, you know what? (laughs) If I hadn't gone through it, I may have judged people like that also back in the day. Like, oh, just claim bankruptcy. Don't pay your bills. But it's so much more than that. (laughs) It's so much more than that. It's not just about not paying your bills. It's about drowning in debt where you cannot breathe anymore. It's about not being able to function because of depression, because you can't afford to pay your shit. And I hate to say it, but that little green piece of paper has a lot of power. It has a ton of power. And 
It can really destroy relationships. It could destroy everything. It could destroy families. We already know families fight over money, right? So yeah, bankruptcy is not the end all and be all of your life. It's not. It's a fucking speed bump in the road and you're going to get over it and you're going to live. And guess what? Life's going to go on and you're going to flourish. You know, you're not going to live in this hole of never being able to get a credit card again and or lease a car. You're not. And a little side note, lots of laws have changed with bankruptcy, making things a little bit more lenient to help you. For instance, we were able to buy a house two years after declaring bankruptcy. Okay, back in the day in the 80s, you could never have done that. It would have taken you between seven to 10 years to purchase a home after declaring bankruptcy. But see, it's so common and really so prevalent in this day and age. You know, I mean, we live beyond our means, but that's a whole other story. The second part was that we hadn't paid our mortgage in a couple of years. And we were so worried about at any moment, of course, like coming, you know, the the sheriff coming to lock your doors, because if you've never been through a foreclosure or understand one or know anybody who's been through it, that's exactly what they do. At some point, the sheriff, they give you a notice, they give you a time frame, and then the sheriff will come and lock your doors. So, um... Just a little piece of information. If you know anyone going through foreclosure or if you're contemplating it, you can sell your house while it's in foreclosure at any time because it's still your home. Now, I didn't know that and most people don't know that. I don't think they want you to know that because the bank would prefer to get your home back and then, you know, charge people even more money to buy it. So... I had someone close to me who had went through this already in, in their lives and they advised us to put the house up for sale, put it on Zillow, see what happens. So again, with the grace of God, I put my house on Zillow, our house on Zillow. And within four days we had it, we had a buyer and we had a contract contracts being drawn up and it was for the asking price. So not only were we able to pay the bank back all the money we hadn't paid in the like four or five years we didn't pay our mortgage, we still were able to walk away with a little something. I mean, when I say little, it was little, but still we didn't have to put money out because that we were afraid of, you know, we were afraid of that having to happen also. So we were able to sell our house. I'm just going to say though, the fear of being a family with a home in foreclosure you know, two small children, if they take the house from under us, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? People want credit checks. People, you know, they're going to do, you know, they, they want to know your credit history and ours is not good with a bankruptcy on it. So we were just so worried, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Then we're going to have this freaking foreclosure on our credit for how many years? It stays on your credit for seven years. It's, it's like it took the place of bankruptcy. We were just so devastated and so worried and so scared. So I'm just here to tell you that everything does work out. Everything works out. And it works out the way it's supposed to. You know, and... You do find out who your true friends are 
when you are going through some of the worst times in your lives. You know, um, I remember we had friends, we had the gym and like I said, we couldn't some days, some weeks, we couldn't really, you know, put food on the table and, and things like that. We had a friend who no longer speaks to us <laughs> because we couldn't go to his 40th birthday party in Atlantic City, New Jersey, because we couldn't afford an $800 night. And even though then they said, well, you could stay in the room with us. Okay. It would have cut it down to a $400 night, but whatever it was, two nights. But even so, they could not understand how we could not afford to go to his birthday. They just couldn't understand it. And I'm thinking, how do you not? These are people too, who were in a financial, who were always in bad financial situations. And I'm like, you know, it's because people think, and I do believe this, that we had money. There was, the gym was thriving on Facebook. Of course it's thriving on Facebook. I have to boast it. That's my job as a business owner, right? To encourage, you know, to try to get more members and and things of that nature. So of course, but you do find out who your true friends are when you really are going through a crisis. You know, the friends who never call, the friends who you don't hear from at all, well, same thing as the friends who never call, the friends who just are really, truly not supportive, or the friends who cannot find it in their hearts whatsoever to put themselves in your shoes to be like, wow, that must really, that must really be terrible to go through that, you know, especially with a family. But anywho, this episode is not about that. It's about letting you know that you will survive. Money comes and goes. My father always said this to me. I never believed him. Money comes and money goes. It's not the end of the world. And he is a business owner for over 50 years. So I think he knows a little bit more than I did about business. (laughs) And of course, I'm being completely sarcastic. You just, you'll, you'll get through it. And I just want people to hear that. And I want people to know that, you know, that this is not, this is, this, this situation doesn't define you. Bankruptcy does not define me. Almost losing our home doesn't define me or my husband or our kids. Nothing like that defines us. And my son knows what we went through. He knows And I wanted him to know because I wanted him to see that you can go, you can get through anything in life. You really can. We can overcome struggles. They don't define us. They don't destroy us. You know, it's a hurdle. You jump it and that's it. (laughs) I mean, you might jump it and trip over it, but it's okay. You're, as long as you get up, you're jumping it and you're trying your best. And that's all anyone could ask for. And I'm going to be honest with you. Looking back on those years, I don't regret anything. I do not regret the fact of how we struggled. I don't regret the fact of, like I said, having to claim bankruptcy and be in foreclosure. You know, I don't regret any of it. I don't. Because that experience made me a non-judgmental person when it comes to other people's situations. It also makes me truly appreciate and feel gratitude for what I have today. And it makes me, you know, it validates my always saying that everything is meant for a reason. 
and everything is going to work out. So, you know, that this is like my Wednesday thought. Oh my God, it's not even Wednesday. My Thursday thought. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. And I just wanted to share it because I know so many people going through this right now. And my husband and I were on the phone talking about this. And, you know, he's so grateful too for everything that we've been through. And he was so angry about it for years and years. And he finally was able to move past that. And, you know, he wakes up with gratitude for what we have. And we don't take anything for granted. And I really think that it's about attitude, being positive, knowing that, you know, I always say this, the universe has your back. And if you believe in God, he has your back all the time. Or you could say the universe, aka whatever you want to believe in. But that's my point. So have a great Thursday. See, I got it right now. And I will be back with the episode on online dating. I promise, I promise, I promise. But I just had to jump on quick to just throw this out there today. So hope you're having an awesome day and I hope you have a phenomenal weekend to come. Thank you again for listening as always.